everyone who has tuned in on the podcast or is watching on our YouTube channel. We have today on the sofa with me, Matt Helleker, who is going to be talking about his career in alpine climbing, track climbing, and also his recent foray with us into the training sphere of hard sport routes and how that has kind of changed his outlook uh, with some of his uh, sort of attitude and approach to performance training. So first off, welcome Matt. Thanks Tom. Thanks, good, to good to see you in person. You too, mate. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. Um, so if we kind of, um, I think for everyone who's watching, they will obviously be interested about the training aspect and how you've dealt with that. But I think what's really interesting to give a kind of a perspective of, first of all, is that I've known you for a long time, you know, both in person, but also as a, a character and a celebrity within climbing, because you've got a very, very deep level of experience in terms of Alpine, Scottish winter, Himalayan greater ranges, and everything like that, and not just this tip of the iceberg of some of the sport climbing that you do. You know, how long have you been doing all that hardcore, scary stuff? <laughs> Well, I guess it's, um, I mean, I started when I was 12, um, and, and for me, um, you know, I grew up in the southwest in the UK, and, um, and for me, you know, the thing that everyone did there was, was just go rock climbing. So rock climbing was my first sort of thing, I guess. Um, but I kind of, kind of felt like I was kind of growing out of rock climbing, and I really wanted to progress my own personal climbing. So then I went from like rock climbing to... Scottish winter climbing and then some Scottish winter climbing to the Alps and then from the Alps to the Great Ranges. Because back then it was kind of like a, an apprenticeship, if you like, to basically um, yeah, going on these big expeditions, which is what I was really interested in. And I guess for me, um, what I really found interesting with basically going through all these different genres of climbing was that it actually really kind of helped me with my motivation, because my style of climbing always changed with the season. So like, you know, so, that, so when winter came, I wasn't always in the climbing gym. I was out mixed climbing or I was out in the Alps winter climbing. Um, and then when the summer came, I wasn't kind of in deep depression because I didn't have axes and crampons on my feet, you know, and I could go rock climbing or I could go bouldering. Um, so I really found that actually in trying to kind of, you know, do all of these things within climbing, actually um was really rewarding and really helped from a sort of motivation point of view to actually kind of like um you know take that further mm. and do you, do you think that doing so many different disciplines also has improved your technical and mental game as well because you know we we look at climbing being involving being quite different from sport climbing mm. sometimes in terms of the movement that's involved like the, the specifics of it i think there's a big difference between sport climbing and mixed climbing yeah. and even bigger again if you start going to yeah. just ice climbing so I think the movement patterns you've got over the years must be ginormous I mean it's I have to say like it is actually been a bit of a nightmare because you do feel like you're chasing your tail all the time you know I go from feeling quite good through the summer rock climbing and feeling quite strong and then I then you know go into winter climbing and then I feel like I lose all of what I gained through the summer on my rock climbing into winter climbing and then then obviously into alpinism and then obviously the fitness for all of those things are completely different as you well know and in terms of training for alpine is completely training for high end rock climbing 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I'm training with you guys now, and you know, I don't see like running heels on my plan, you know. And um, whereas, you know, if I go to the Alps or go to Scotland, you know, if I'm not cardio fit, then I get to the crag and I'll be destroyed. I won't even be able to climb. So trying to balance the sort of differences in training for all the aspects of climbing is an absolute nightmare, to be honest. And I really often think that, you know what, I wish I'd just focused on one thing because then I could then really focus on that and really push that area. But then going back to what I said previously, then also then I don't think then I'd be as motivated like year round and certainly I wouldn't be uh, as a complete climber, I guess. Yeah, because I suppose if you've you've gone and done that thing all year round, and you know you're an alpine guide as well, so you do climbing. Yeah. You spend time in the mountains for your job as well. Is that you would never have that just depth of time doing all of that because you know for a lot of people that are either you know watching or listening, they they often look at us who do this more or less as our full time job, yeah. and they might have similar levels of finger strength, for example, as us or. They can do as many, I don't know, laps on a lattice board. Yeah. And they go, but why can't I lay it down in quite the same way? And I think it there is that hidden thing of if you've got the sheer number of hours, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 of hours in either the mountains, on rock, yeah. moving around, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, because I started climbing at, at such a young age, I think, yeah, my, my base is is very broad mm-hmm. i guess and um and i and i always find that and i have to say actually as i've got older um trying to get back to my my high points in each of those genres of climbing um has actually got easier as i've got older because i guess my base has increased um whereas i remember when i was younger you know i remember going from like rock climbing really really well and then going to scottish winter climbing having a season in scotland walk, big long walk-ins getting really big legs but like really strong on the axes but then it would take me like for like you know over a month to two months to get feeling like i'm really good on rock again whereas now i kind of feel that that's leveled up a little bit more and mm. it, it's less um it feels less of a of an impact even though it is an impact on each genre of climbing, but less of a one, then you can get back to that high level quicker. But I guess that just comes with experience and with age and with this pool of um, huge base that I have within all aspects, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But it makes essentially three decades of climbing and yeah. experience, isn't it, really? Yeah, and my body feels like it may as well. Like, so yeah. I, like you know, I wake up in the morning, I can't put my socks on. Um, although I still can now because of all the uh, mobility work that we've been doing. But... Um, um, but yeah, you know, certainly I think, you know, um, yeah, it, you know, your body, um, suffers a lot for sure, because again, um, yeah, I'm not just using my fingers and forearms, I'm using my legs as well. So my knees are a bit creaky and all that sort of thing now as well from, from alpine climbing, from skiing. And, but, um, so yeah, I think, you know, I'm not going to last much longer than this, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> not old, yeah. Not old, yeah. <laughs> Although we're kind of like in the same age category. We're in the same yeah. age category. Yeah. 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 Category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can make it broader and broader. Yeah, exactly. I, guess yeah. Also better. I think you have to, you know, we just can chat about age. I think you have to make ourselves feel better about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least you know that working with me is that you'll always get a full understanding 
more or less what it feels like. And that's and true. I haven't been climbing quite as many years as you have. I started when I was 17. Yeah. But I have essentially done it all of my life. Yeah. And also done it, you know, associated with my job as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so giving me the plan, you're like, well, this is going to break you because it'll break you or not or whatever. So yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we had a conversation X number of years, not months ago, sorry, not years ago, months ago, um, back in 2020. Yeah. And you approached me and said, I'm really interested in going for a kind of a relatively big goal. Can you tell me a little bit about what that goal <coughs> is or was and yeah. what took you to that point of like, I would really like to do this? Well, I guess really, um, and again, coming back to age, um, I, I've kind of mapped out my my next 10 years. I, I, I believe I want to go further than 10 years. I've just said, right, like, in 10 years, I've, I've got to <laughs> map out. And, um, and, Literally, um, I thought, well, okay, I'm only, as I get older, I'm only going to get weaker, generally, but my endurance will be easier to kind of like hold on to as I, as, I, as I get older. So I thought, well, I need to work out my personal goals the, the right way around. So for me to hit my maximum, my rock climbing, I have to do that now. And I guess for me, it's kind of got to that point where it's like, over the last couple of years, I've really kind of taken um, more interest in in performance, for sure, because I've really seen a big difference in all the other aspects of my climbing. It's all it's only benefited from what we've been doing for rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've been mixed climbing, it feels easy because the handhold is always the same, right? Yeah, you know, um, and all the fitness is actually sort of fairly similar. It, it, it does cross over. Um, so I basically thought that, no, what I need to do is, is focus on rock climbing. And um, there's two big goals in the rock climbing that I really want to do. Um, and that's why I want to climb 9A and I want to climb E10. Um, and, you know, and, and for me, I was training myself. Um, I was doing an okay job, I think, of training myself. But... I felt, well, for me to hit my maximums, you know, I need professional help, you know, because I, I was definitely off on a, a percentage to actually hit my hit my goals. Um, and, yeah, and I got in touch with you guys, and I was like, right, okay, you need to help me get me to this next level. Um, and, yeah, and that's what you've been doing for, for the past, how many months? Uh, uh, must have been six months. Six, six months now. Six months. months. Yeah, yeah, six months. I'm okay. still here. I'm still here. I'm mean, not breaking you too much. Well, no, but, but the, the most annoying thing is, is that ever since you've been training me, I've been injured pretty yeah. much. Like, so like, I remember I came here for, for an assessment. We did an assessment. And then literally in the week that I was waiting for you to send me my plan, I poured a, a rupture of pulley, a rupture of my AT pulley. <laughs> it was literally the worst stuff. The whole <laughs> way. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, did, you, did you notice at the time I didn't panic? You did it for the I panicked. We're going to be okay. Yeah, you were so cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, but I, and actually, and handing you through that process for me has been like so valuable because, like, yeah, you know, I, I put this thing into my own mind that this was this was my time. You know, I'm going well. You know, this is my only one shot at this. You know, and um, yeah, I was panicking. 
you know, well, but then I must admit, you know, you know, you know, me and you WhatsApp a lot and she's leaving these voice messages of like, mate, I'm not really sure about this. This is hurting. That's hurting. What should I do? And yeah, and you were always there saying, listen, you know, this is, you know, finger strength is not your issue here. We can work on other things. And the things you've worked on when we've been sort of rebuilding my, my ruptured finger, um, I've seen massive gains in. And again, I think it's very easy as a climber to think it is all fingers and forearms. I, mean, yeah. I always, I always thought yeah. that. I mean, they're important. They're important. The no, yeah. I remember like part of my assessment here was the mobility assessment, and it was honestly laughable, wasn't it? I mean, I remember one day I remember that you said, "Right, Matt, can you show me your your frog?" You know, so I'm there on my like hands and knees, and you're, you're like, "Show me your frog," and I'm like, "Mate, that's it." That's all I've got. You know, I could not, like, I could not remember. I was so stiff everywhere. And, um, and again, and, like, recently, you know, I just feel that in terms of the mobility side of things, it's been, like, the gains have been, like, huge. Mm. And, again, it's like, you know, that whole thing that I'm much tighter to the wall, I'm much more open. I feel, like, you know, a lot freer in my body. In the well, I noticed that when we were coming Did together. You? Okay. Well, that's good. Um, it's... It, it shows on the wall now. Yeah. And that's always the reassuring thing from my perspective when I'm coaching someone is that ultimately, like I think a lot of people go, but training is training. Uh, and there can be a bit of a thing like, well, it will never work out. It's just flexing muscles and doing impressive things in the gym. Yeah. But the important thing for training really is transfer yeah. back into the real thing. It's pointless. I mean, you can show off with it. Yeah. But it, honestly, it's pretty pointless unless you can move it back into real rock or plastic yeah i have to say like the mobility work we've been doing i mean you know i much prefer to be handballing you know i much prefer to be canvassing whatever or on circuit board or whatever and it is my hardest session mentally to do which is it sounds crazy because it's like well you just basically you know stretching on a mat but mentally that's the hardest session for me to do but it's the session where i've definitely felt like the biggest gains and in the morning as well, I actually can get my socks on because of it now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, thanks for that, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that whole mobility thing and you know the range of active motion that you have when you climb was one of the things that I was curious about before I assessed you because when you came up to Sheffield, I I'd spoken to someone in the office and the team here that obviously you know knows you quite well, and I said, you know, what, what do you generally think of Matt as a climber? The first thing was strong fingers. Yeah. I went, okay, I'll, I'll take note of that. Because I was thinking, okay, well, fingers are probably, when we get down to it, it's unlikely to be an issue. Mm. So there's going to be some other things here that I'm looking for in terms of the assessment. Because when it comes, and I always try and try and remind people when they look at the type of, sort of performance profiling work we do, and then when also when I work with someone in person, is that Ultimately, a climber is a reflection of the whole picture. Yeah. It's not just a finger strength score. It's not just a, a heavy-weighted pull-up score. I know people can get very attached to those metrics mm. because some of them are quite important, like finger strength, for example. But honestly, the, the picture is the whole thing yeah. because if you think about it logically, when it goes back into real rock, is that if you have nicey finger strength and you have, you know, 90 footwork but you're so terrified you can't even get to bolt two on the route you aren't climbing 90 yeah we know it yeah so then you can just play out the same scenario with mobility you can play out with 
endurance, power endurance, all those different things. Mm. And that's why I think it's really fascinating when you get a climber and give them the opportunity to one test and go through a load of things, but then also sit down afterwards and go, how do you feel like that matched up with your own personal experience? Yeah. Because I felt like when we sat down at the end, you were surprised, a little bit surprised by some of the things. Yeah, I was actually. I was pretty shocked. I mean, I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed, mate. You know, yeah, particularly yeah, in, in, in mobility, it was it was really really bad. And also, um, in I always thought I had sharp, strong shoulders as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and in some of the tests on the shoulder work we did, you know, clearly I didn't have strong shoulders. Um, you know, they're always looking strong, but then that's a very like you said, different things actually. You know, being strong mm-hmm. from a climbing perspective. So. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, it, it, it was definitely an eye-opener to come here and for you to kind of like pull me apart. Um, and it was really hard for me to also then suddenly say, okay, I'm now going to basically do like, you know, because you know, because I've trained myself, it was really hard for me to then say, right, Tom, there you go. Yeah, handling the responsibility. Handling the responsibility because you know, you know, because there's things you're saying do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure about that. And then I do what you tell me, and then I then see gains on that. You know, and I was like, oh, that's surprising. But that, but then that's why that's why I'm working with you. But it, I think it's really hard sometimes if you have trained yourself and climbed for many many years, like I have, is to kind of you know get to that point where you can be like, do you know what? I don't know everything. Um, I can improve. And I just need to basically put that, you know, put my hands up and say, I need help. And that was what I did with you. And I think for me, that was like sort of mentally, like basically quite a, a difficult thing to do. Mm. To basically just say, right, you know, I need help. And that really, for me, has been a huge stepping stone to um, see the gains that I have now. And even though, you know, I guess with lockdown and everything, you know, we've not been able to sort of put a lot of work into, um, you know, into what we've been working towards, but just by climbing with you now and from me tra- training at home and everything else you know I, I, I've been seeing the impact on the training and um, and that's really motivating even though I haven't even been able to touch what we've been training for mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's um it's a really cool process it's a really cool process but I think the biggest thing is to accept that yeah even if you've climbed for 30 years you can improve massively just with someone giving you the right direction. And, um, and I think also to kind of understand the fact that actually just hitting your head against the same things over and over again will not necessarily make you stronger at that thing. You have to come off it at times to then get the gains and then for it to then, you know, you know be an improvement. Yeah, this is a, you, you, yeah, you're definitely leading to a really interesting thing here. And I, I think uh, uh, it's one that a lot of climbers who are in it for a long time, so not just you know into their training for one or two years, they do it five years, ten years longer, yeah. is this whole concept of that you can you can work on something for three months and you see improvements, you get stronger, fitter, whatever it might be, 
and then you can get really sometimes also like emotionally attached and say, yeah. this is working, I just want to handle this forever now. Yeah. But often it's actually not the right thing to do. You often have to cycle in and out of these things. Like, you know, like we had this conversation where you've done some some lock work with me. Yeah. We were working the isometrics and you're getting and I remember the first message you sent back to me and went, I am awful at this. I can't do this. I think the second one you sent to me, I've got the worst DOMS ever. <laughs> and then you got into it every yeah. time. Yeah. And then by the time you got pretty good at it, after yeah. three months, you didn't want to stop it. And you pulled me off it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember as soon as you pulled me off it, I was just like, no, not now. You know, I'm seeing seeing gains here. Mm. But then like what was really interesting on that is that then I didn't train that for like, I think five weeks. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to have a look at my lock strength. And it's just like, <clears throat> I'm like, wow, I'm not training this for five weeks. But wow, I am better than what I was at the end, end of the phase of that training. And, and that really, for me, was an eye-opener to be like, actually, we don't need to like, you know, be consistently going at the same thing and expect to get better because of it. You have to cycle these things. And I think a lot of people like myself you know, don't understand that, you know, and think that, okay, if I go and hang a 10 millimeter edge for six months, I'm going to get stronger at 10 millimeter edge, but that's yeah. just not the case. You know, you have to come off it and you have to bring it back in later. And, 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 and that is where I think, you know, having a plan and having a coach really does make a huge difference because of the fact that, you know, yeah, you know, we don't know these things, you know, mm. you guys do. But then it's, it's then having then the trust in you but that I do to be like, okay, that's what Tom said. That's, that's what I'm doing. Even though in my gut's going, really, is he sure about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's really normal. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've experienced that exact same, you know, transition or relationship with coaches, uh, not coaches, with uh, climbers over the years is that people, and not everyone's the same, but some people definitely struggle with that more, that they just have to kind of step over that threshold of going, okay, I can give away a little bit of control on this and I'm okay with taking a risk with my coach and I'll trust them to go through that part of it. Mm. Um, and it's just not a very easy thing to do, especially as adults, because we've learned after we left home to be really self-sufficient and yeah. we look after ourselves. And it suddenly can get really weird when you get to 30, 40, 50 to go, oh, actually, yeah, I think I'm going to not look after myself. I'm going to hand this to someone else. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird. And also if you further couple that with the fact that you've been really effective with your own training for many years now. Mm. So in some ways there'll be a deep bit of logic that will go, I can handle myself. I'm Matt. I trained effectively before. So why don't I just keep doing that? So it feels risky to yeah. move into a new zone. Yeah. Well, I do think that, you know, the, the mentality that you have to have is that, um, you know, we can always improve. No, no matter what age you're at, at whatever level of your climbing, I, I really think that, you know, with the right structure, um, you can always improve. And I think that is um, really cool and really rewarding as well, that you know that if you, you know, if you put the work in, and as you know, I will always put the work in, yeah. um, you know, and you have a structure, then you'll see the improvement and, you know, then that will then transfer into your climbing outside and you'll hit your goals. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, um, and for me, certainly through this horrible stage you've all had recently, you know, having a structured plan 
has helped hugely, you know, because, you know, in the morning I'm getting up, I'm looking what I'm doing, I'm doing it. And um, as opposed to just kind of doing jump miles, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and like, so, you know, when we, when I choose to train, like as a kid, you know, I was jump miles everywhere. Like we said earlier, that like I'd go to the, I go to the local cliff and, you know, I was lap an E5 like 25 times. And then to finish, we go on a 20K run, you know, thinking that's going to get us stronger for rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that is not the case, clearly. Um, and we know a lot more things now than what we did 20 years ago, for sure, thankfully. Yeah. Have you found it reassuring coming back to uh, like more of a focus and being, you know, you're not 25 years old, and going, actually, if I get focused and I put structure into my training and I do something different to what I was doing before, I still can get fitter and stronger. Has that been, do you think that you'll carry that forward over the next 10 years now? Yeah. And go, actually, Matt, don't give up on yourself physically now. <clears throat> Definitely can still make improvements. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't see, you know, I didn't see this thing as like something that we're just working towards for a couple of months because, um, yeah, I, I really believe that, you know, for my own personal climate, I've, I've definitely not peaked yet because I feel like I'm stronger now than what I was ever, mm. which is really interesting. Um, so I, I feel for sure that, you know, I'm going to be working with you guys for the next 10 years to try to basically keep... No, no, we're not going to start. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I definitely feel that, you know, um, yeah, you know, there is still room, huge room for improvement. And as long as my body will allow me to do that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm motivated to do that, and I'll try. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's, um, it's it's definitely something that I think that you know, you know, once you've you know accepted that you can improve, then you just got to like jump on and enjoy the ride, you know. Mm. And but then having you know, appropriate projects as well, I think is really really important. But also for me, being an all rounder as well. I definitely see transfer into hard mixed climbing as well. I definitely will. I know that yeah. um, because the holes are massive compared to what we're putting on, you know, when we're rock climbing. And, um, you know, and I think, yeah, it's, it's kind of, and um, projects will change, but I think, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, this sort of work and mobility and training is only going to be good for the body for everything in the future. Mm. And, and what's the... Um can you sort of talk us through your, your sort of general mobility, flexibility routine and sort of like work that you've been doing? How's that looked for you? Have you, have you been spreading it out across your week or have you been hammering it just in on the block? No, I've, I've been really quite good to try to spread it out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the DOMS initially was absolutely brutal. Like, like, you know, I mean, I couldn't sit down. Like, honestly, mate, I couldn't sit <laughs> so down. That's some of the weighted stuff. Like, yeah, some yeah. of the weighted stuff. Like, yeah. hip, hip mobility work, you know, hip, yeah, hip mobility. And um, that was absolutely brutal. But I've, but then now we're kind of doing more sort of like side splits and front splits. I never thought I'd like get close to doing a front split, but, but now on a front split, now I'm getting pretty low, you know. Mm-hmm. And on, you know, and on the frog, I'm doing like a proper frog, whereas before I was on my hands and knees going, what's he, what's he on about? What's he on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't move my hip that way. Is it crazy? Um, so, um, yeah, so I think, so I, I definitely tried to spread it out over the week. Um, not because now of DOMS, because I don't, I'm not getting DOMS on that, um, but because of the fact that I just want to basically try to go a lot deeper on the stretch. And I definitely feel that 
um, yeah, I, I want to let the if I have overstretched a little bit, which I think is sometimes quite feels quite nice. I'm quite enjoying overstretching a little bit now, and then getting that to recover and then push it a bit more on the next session. So I am definitely trying to give it a few days in between when it's more of a strength-based stretch work that we've been doing. But yeah, um, and also the daily dynamic stuff we, we're doing as well. Um, you know, when you're I mean, there's one exercise which is savage, where you're on your, you're sat on the floor and you have your legs out in like a, a split, and you're kind of like gliding forward. I mean, that's probably like 70, 70 reps of it. I mean, that breaks me, but I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. You get up and you're like, oh, I can touch my toes now. You know? yeah, so, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I really think it's, um, you know, the mobility stuff is not just good for climbing as an older climber as well. It's actually good for general. You know, general life things as well. You know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm doing things out and about. I'm just feeling better in my body. I'm feeling less uh, tweaky. I'm feeling definitely um, um, a lot more slick. You know, I'm feeling you know like I have a lot more um, lubrication in my joints, um, which is quite interesting. So yeah, I think you know it, it's been it's been very interesting. Yeah doing mobility because I've never ever stretched you know I, I always thought you know like yoga is like posh stretching you know I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to do yoga you know? but I kind of knew that when we did the assessment and we looked at some you of the all right. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we <laughs> and uh, the, the other thing as well I think would be really good to talk about is um how it's been uh rehabbing the finger after the initial finger injury because that was obviously just like such a setback to have mm. right from the, the outset of the training but I think quite a few people might be surprised to know that we didn't go, right, that's it, no fingerboarding for three months, six yeah. months. We actually got back on it yeah. really, really quickly. Yeah. And we just went into that progressive thing. So can we yeah, talk a little bit about how yeah. basically a fingerboard is a great rehab? An absolutely fantastic tool for rehab, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I, I busted it. And then I think we gave it like two weeks maybe not even that, maybe 10 days, 12 days for the information to, to, to actually go down on the finger. Mm-hmm. Um, and we basically, yeah, pretty much got on the hangboard pretty, pretty quick, actually. But it was more like sort of progressive hangs and just kind of like open, open-handed work on the hangboard. Um, and you were keeping... Do you find yourself nervous? Very nervous. nervous isn't it? Very nervous, yeah. Because you're thinking, I'm going to like, you know, tweak this again. This feels incredibly, you know, weak. And the differences from my right hand compared to my left hand just felt like it was, it just felt awful. And it, all, and it feels at that point that you're never going to get anywhere near the strength of your other finger again. It's really demoralizing, especially because I was going really, really well as well when I came to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, from a mental point of view, actually, and you saying to me, no, actually, we need to like rehab this by putting load through the finger. Um, that was also quite motivating as well because I think if you said to me right now, now you're not going to climb or hangboard for like the next three months. People used to do that five right. years ago. Though. Yeah, it was it's, mad. it's mad, isn't it? Really, when you look back, and then you wonder why then people then you know continue then to have a bad finger even though they rested it for three months because they're not making it stronger. And I think certainly what we've been doing a lot of is like to start with was um, like two arm hangs, open handed increasing weight very very gently um and then obviously went from then that into like potentially you know then go into the half crimp um because obviously you know obviously my 
when we did my test, I was also doing this um, this really weird chisel thing with my finger. Yeah, and you've got me doing the half grip, and that's been a game changer as well. I have to say. If you're an engineer or a scientist, you love Formula One, you love cycling, you love learning about how new technologies are changing the world around us, then I thought you may want to listen in to my new podcast, the Neil Ashton Podcast. We talk to leading engineers and scientists from around the world, hear about their life stories, hear about new technologies, and hopefully educate you and give you a better sense of how key things like machine learning, artificial intelligence, supercomputing are changing the world around us. If that sounds like it's something you might like, you should come and have a listen. Um, we've got two whole grips you can use now. I know. Yeah. I think apart from one, two yeah, plus yeah. one, awesome. Yeah. Um, so definitely loading the finger has made huge differences. Um, and then obviously um, now doing one arm hangs as well. And again, you know, keeping a really detailed log as well has helped massively. So obviously it's really motivating to be able to see, wow, okay, I was like having to take off like 45 kg to not have pain in this finger on a one-arm hang. And now, today, we're down to 5 kg off, um, which is really, I mean, huge. Mm -hmm. And that's in the, been in the space of, uh, well, again, it's basically like five months of rehab, basically. So even though it's been, if, even though it's felt like a very slow road back to recovery, um, in reality, it has gone quite quickly from a, from a ruptured a2 pulley. So, um, and I think it's very, um, yeah, I think it, it, I think it's definitely a thing that one thing that I should have done beforehand that I would recommend is to actually, um, because we, we knew it was a bad finger, but I never went and got it ultrasounded. And I, I wish I went and got it ultrasounded so that I knew exactly what we were dealing with. Um, uh, and, and that would be one thing, if I had a finger injury again, I'd go straight to someone with an ultrasound so that I knew exactly the damage. Mm. Um, but I think certainly, you know, you've done finger injuries as well. You knew what I'd done. Um, and uh, you're like, no, that's what you need to do. But I think it, it, it's, it's definitely a, a thing where, um, yeah, again, it's very scary. It's very scary to hang with weight on the bad finger. But... Yeah, when you keep seeing that, you know, increase in weight, you're like, mm, it's, it's getting, it's getting better. I thought, I thought there was another uh, interesting part of the kind of the rehab process that I also think has like value to share with everyone as well is that I think it it might have been around I can't quite remember the time now, but maybe it feels like six to eight weeks ago where we were talking and we were talking about the bad hands mm. and we were talking about the difference between the loads loads that you're putting through them. And do you remember I, I sent you a message and I went. Matt, I think you're just going to need to get on with things here. You just need to, yeah. I know it feels scary, but I feel like you're holding yourself back and you've just got to load this up again. You, you, you got to that threshold where you've gone through the terrible stage, you know, 45 kg of assistance. Yeah. And you got it all the way up to kind of 20, 20, or yeah, something like that. 20, yeah. And that's the point where you, it starts to feel like, thinking, oh, I'm actually loading this, but it was freaking you out, I think. Yeah. And you in your head to go beyond that. Yeah. I think I said, just take it off, 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 and just go all the way to the point where it starts to actually, you know, hurt a little bit yeah. in the session. Yeah. And what happened with that? Well, it was, it was actually like, it, it was really interesting because, yeah, it, it, you were like, yeah, take that off. So basically I got down 
to AKG on that one session where I was basically convinced, convinced before you spoke to me that I couldn't go below 20 on that black finger. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of that was just you saying to me, Matt, all the work you've been doing, it's stronger. The data that I've been giving you in terms of what load I've been putting through, the sessions you've been giving me, you're like, you'd be feeling it now. You know, we've been doing some minimal edge work. But you'd be feeling it now at half crimp on that if it was still bad. This is a head thing. You need to start like loading up. And yeah, I, I basically, I guess I was just like, oh, I'm just going to try whatever, whatever. Okay, even if it pops, I'm going <laughs> to go deep here. You know, I was just in one of those moods, you know what I mean? I got down to eight and I probably could have gone further down as well. And, um, but that goes to show that actually, yeah, you know, it was a complete mental block um, thinking that, you know, no, it was really scary. It's going to rip again. It's going to pop again. It's going to put me back another five months, you know? Mm. So, um, but again, that is another good thing to have you there because again, you know, if, if you hadn't done, I'll probably, I'll still be hanging more than 20 kg off on that finger thinking, ooh, Maybe I'll take a two kg off in a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the, the always the interesting things about that, that coaching process is that it's essentially like sometimes it's an extension of your brain or a weight or an ability to partition your brain. You can you can live in your body and your life as you and doing your training, but your coach can be your spare part of you that can just be a bit more objective and yeah. unbiased and a little bit less emotional about it. Yeah. Because ultimately, in the harshest possible sense, is that if you push it too hard the session, I don't have to live with the repercussions like personally. Yeah, yeah. I'll feel bad yeah. if you tweak and you have pain afterwards and I won't like it, yeah. but I don't have to live with it. No. So it's easier for me to make an, an objective decision about that and also have the experience to see how many other people I've done it with. Yeah. So it's where that value yeah. comes back with that. And, um, and I guess it's, it's always, I mean, still even know, I'm always still nervous myself when I do it. Yeah. Um, but each time it works, I'm like, okay, I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It was just saying to me, like, oh, maybe when we load this up now, we load this up now, I'm like, okay, you know. And then you're like, well, just let me know how it goes. And I'm like, okay, let me know how it goes. And it's like, yeah. So I said, I also sent your relief as well at times. Yeah. But I think what has also been very um, good through this injury period is that, you know, I have had you on the end of the phone to be like, just to air my concerns mm. and i think that is really important with anyone who gets injured is to have a coach or a friend just to be able to talk to about the injury um because you know we all like to moan i've moaned a lot at you about my finger over whatsapp on the voicemail and i'm hoping i really hope at times you know you've just gone delete you know, <laughs> just it in on again just i'm not going to bother this dinner this i'm just going to delete it i know what he's on about um because I think actually in being able to vent um, has, you know, helped massively, particularly because of the fact that, you know, for a climber, you know, a finger is like breaking your back, right? Mm. You know, it's, it, you know, you know, if you speak to someone in the street, like, yeah, this is really getting me down. I'm like, it's depressed. I mean, it's your finger. <laughs> but, you know, but the thing is, it's like, if you said to them, yeah, I've broken my back, be like, oh, wow, you know, terrible you know but people don't get it yeah so to be able to speak to a friend who is a climber who is a coach who understands climbing understand what climbing means to you is actually a really important process through
through, you know, to get back through injury for sure. And yeah, and having you there, let's say just to vent at has been like absolutely amazing. I really do hope you have deleted some of those messages from that meeting. I have to delete WhatsApp off my phone sometimes to be able to get to the file sizes. <laughs> I, do find, I do find it, when we do these voicemail messages, you suddenly look down like, I've just been speaking for eight minutes, but it feels like two minutes, so yeah, apologies, man. <laughs> the eight minute ones, I leave those so when I'm like, driving Join from, work, from work yeah. or something like that. Bored. So, so nothing, nothing on the radio. I mean, it's definitely a lot better than listening to the radio. I suppose it's more interesting. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, it's because yeah. I like my work, <laughs> so it's easy. Um, so, obviously, you know, we've gone through that rehab process. You put a lot of training work in. You've had some changes that have occurred with your body and everything like that. We're now round to like, well, it was the first of April, I think, yesterday. Yeah. Um, and we're now into kind of like spring and summer. So getting out of rock. Yeah. Finally. Finally. So you must be quite excited about actually starting to, you know, lay down some of this hard work that you put in. Mm. What's the plan now for our I mean, I know the plan, but we've got to explain to well, who's listening. <laughs> well I think I think I think advancing it. I think the plan is now is um there's actually one thing we actually haven't spoken about is again from the nutritional side of things as well. And and I was always running on empty, particularly like the last few years. And I got my weight down to like 70 kg. And you were like, right, Matt, particularly with a finger injury through this phase of training throughout the winter, you need to eat. You need to eat and you need to like load up. You need to be in calorie surplus. Um, and I am like, like 78.5 at the moment. Which is really, I've never been this heavy in my life. I mean, it's not, I mean, but I feel I've built muscle, it's muscle weight as opposed to anything else. I hope I'm not fat. Um, and um, so I'm really looking forward to now in this next phase, and uh, we spoke about that earlier, is for me to start like cutting back a little bit just to get back down to my like, you know, fighting weight, as it were, um, and to basically adapt the training so that. Um, you know, I am able to climb a lot outside, um, but then also, um, you know, still have obviously elements of training as well, which is going to push towards the goal. But obviously, um, we were going to go onto this project that we're working towards, like a few months ago before the last lockdown. Yeah. And actually before the last one as well. So we've been delayed, haven't we, for like, well, for a year, basically, it feels like. So what we've um, what we've said now is that you know obviously in the UK now we can travel abroad. Um, that's where my, my sport plan project is. Um, is to basically you know focus on on things around here um, for for the next few months. Um, try to basically work on um, on still my weaknesses. I have many, um, and to also focus on you know obviously like some bouldering, which I, which I'm not never really bowling before. I've actually got into bouldering quite recently. I actually really enjoy it. So I think it's the fact that also it's so simple. I mean, I struggle to find climbing partners sometimes, you know, and it's just great to go out and you get strong as well. Well, do you remember in, when we did that first assessment, I said to you, it was absolutely madness that you're wanting to climb 9A, yeah. but you don't regularly boulder yeah. for the point of bouldering. And I was like, we have to sort that out. We've got to go bouldering. We have to sort that out. Yeah, we've got to go bouldering. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm actually really like psyched to go bouldering now 
because I definitely found like even like recently over these last few weeks, I found this little cave that I've been developing down at home, and um, and and I've actually even a lot of the problems in there I've been doing, I've been like I've never found anything as hard as this on like an HC route, you know, but you know, and I'm, I'm now it's starting to make sense that you know in bouldering. I'm, I'm never going to have, you know, as hard a move on the grade on the sport route that I want to get to because that's how it works with bouldering because mm-hmm. you have to ball really hard. And the moves are hard. So, yeah, so I think we're going to do some bouldering. We're going to do some um, some trad climbing, hopefully together. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to Pembroke. Yeah. So there's a route in Pembroke I want to try and one that you want to try. I'm going to team up and um, that'll be good fun. We can both go and get our intentics this summer, you know. Uh, eat tentics. Yeah. You should, should do that. You should do that. Yeah. That'd be worth it, wouldn't it? Coach and athlete, double E10. That'd be cool. Yeah, let's do that. We've got to do that. Yeah. Now we're just going to set a goal. Okay, damn it. Mid podcast. Yeah. Oh, right. What's something to train for? So and we can't go back on this now. We can. We've got to see this. Okay, E10, both of us. Yeah. Okay, okay. this summer. Yeah, better put up in Yeah, we're going to cracking. So, but again, I think that's really nice to have like a, a focus like that. And then I'm then going to then go out and hopefully we can travel freely towards the end of the year and then I'll then go to, you know, um, to Europe to my sport climbing project. But I think the, the most important thing is that, you know, is not to panic, is to, um, you know, keep building, keep improving. Because I, yeah, I, I really feel that, you know, with, with climbing, that you're never going to really plateau to a point where you're never going to get better unless you don't change anything. So I think, you know, so even if I don't get to my sport project this year, I'm still motivated for it because I see it as more preparation time to get stronger mm. for next year if I have to. So, yeah. So that's, I think, the, the sort of timeline we're working on. Yeah, you know, I think it'll be good that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and again, you, you'll learn more about, uh, I think it's a, a very interesting transition when you, you put in a, a decent amount of training time and you've seen those changes there and you've seen how your body's adapted to that and then getting, getting to even experience and learn what that transition feels like to rock. Yeah. Because even the first time that you do that can be a new thing. And then the next years, you'll lean on that same experience. So like I remember the first winter I had where I didn't really come rock during the winter. I just trained indoors. And the first month, I was so awful mm. on rock that for the first month, I actually panicked that maybe I'd forgotten how to rock climb. But over that month, I actually just completely got back into it. Yeah. And then I was back in my groove. But every year now, I lean on that. So the first session I go back on rock again, I don't stress at all. I just go, well, I'm going to be rubbish. I know I will for certain. So I don't even think about that anymore. Yeah. And it's really enjoyable still. I have zero anxiety about it. And I just got the process, but I had to go through the first year of transition because I didn't know until that point what that would feel like. Okay, that's interesting. So again, you just have to, you learn it and then you lean on it. Yeah, later on. And I think the most important thing at the moment as well is with the situation is to be, is to, you know, you know, to, to try to kind of like, we all have anxiety about trying to perform and trying to be productive with our time and, you know, and uh, trying to you know, tip off our projects. But I really think, you know, it's it's a good time to be, you know, you have to be spontaneous, don't you? you have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, um, you know, having projects scattered in, you know, even the UK for us is actually quite good. It's, it's a good thing to have 
you know, because then you can then work towards it as opposed to basically just having this one single goal for me, if it's a sport route in Switzerland, but I can't get there. So, so I'm not feeling that I'm all the training now is a waste. Yeah. So I think it's nice to have like, you know, a couple of goals scattered throughout the year, short term, medium term, a long term goal. That's what, how I've always worked. And for me, that's kind of quite healthy, I think. Yeah, no, I think it's good attitude. Yeah. Attitude of a lifer. <laughs> well, um, Max, it's been amazing uh, chatting to you. And um, thanks for humoring me and going through the whole, you know, pro- training process and talking about it and, and going through. I know we talk about it anyway, but I think it's really valuable to anyone, you know, watching and listening to hear what your experiences are like and pulling out some of those kind of nuggets that you've learned from. Um, because I think it's a journey. That, that itself is a journey as well. And thank you for putting up with me for the last eight months. That's no problem at all. <laughs> we pay you to do it. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, last thing was, uh, where can people find you on, you know, things like social media? Uh, you've got a website. I'm assuming they can also hire you as a guide. Yeah, I'm some a, approach. Yeah, I'm not sure. Definitely hire Matt as a guide. Yeah, I'm an IFNJ British guide. So um, this year, I'm going to be, you know, if I am doing any guiding, it's going to be probably in the UK. So if anyone wants to do any rock guiding, um, like classic sea stacks, stuff like that. Um, or even like it could be sort of things around sort of you know the technical side of climbing in terms of rigging, in terms of big war techniques, things like that. Um, yeah, I can do that, all that sort of stuff as a guy. Um, but um, yeah, social media side, I mean, is, is it you know, Instagram, Matt underscore Helica? Yeah, um, double L, isn't it? Double L, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I have a website which is just matthelica.com. Awesome. Well, yeah. we'll put that down in the links below so you can find Matt. Um, otherwise, we will uh, yeah, chat, chat very soon. Cheers, Tom. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, Tom. Bye, everyone.